Hi, this is Aaron Orlando reporting for the Revelstoke Mountaineer. I'm out at a Revelstoke Chamber of Commerce luncheon, and uh, the, the the key guests uh, today were um, uh, Kootenai, sorry, Columbia River Revelstoke MLA Norm McDonald and Claire Trevena, who is the transportation and infrastructure critic. Uh, she's a member of the NDP. Uh, we are just going to have a quick chat about um, what you saw on your trip uh, coming up here and uh, other transportation issues. Uh, Claire, thanks for joining me. Well, thanks very much, Aaron. It's a great pleasure to be here. So, um, how was the trip up here? Well, I really lucked out. I mean, it's the most wonderful weather here. It's sunny, it's dry. The road, uh, while not in the best condition, is obviously in a much better condition than many, many people see it much of the time. But it's, uh, it's a beautiful location and it's a pity that the road is uh, not the easiest to get to. So about two or two and a half, three weeks ago, the the Minister of Transportation, uh, Todd Stone, um, and the Ministry unveiled their new 10-year plan, which was called BC on the Move, that uh, laid out a lot of uh, things for the province and, and, and a bunch of specifics for the Revelstoke area. Uh, can I get your reaction to what you saw about the plan? And hopefully if we can focus on uh, the, the, the Revelstoke area or specifically the Trans-Canada. Well, I've got to say the plan, um, while it looked good, I was I was somewhat disappointed in it. Uh, the consultations went on last year. A lot of it was focused, I found, on um, the government's plans for LNG. But uh, they, they did do some sort of consultation last year. When I got to see the 10-year plan, I, I saw it very much as the three-year budget that we have in front of us at the moment that the government tabled uh, back in February uh, is where the detail is. Well, that's where the financial details are. The then the, the coming seven years is much more seems to be much more of a wish list. It's uh, uh, it looks pretty. It's got some ideas, but I, do, I there is real lack of uh, substantial detail to it, and I think that is disappointing. That there, there seems to be a lack of vision. It's a bit of a, a bit of a mishmash, a bit of a wish list, and uh, just looking primarily, the real hard figures are on the current budget. So, what is speaking to details? What is not nailed down in detail that you would have liked to seen on the plan? Well, here I am on Highway 1, and we've had since 2009 the government promising to four-lane highway. Um, and there still is a very scant detail on when and where, how the money is going to, where the money is going to come from, where it's going to be spent, which stages come next. Uh, and I think that people who live along the highway, who do business along the highway, who travel along the highway, deserve better than that. Uh, there is always the reference back to what's happened at Kicking Horse, uh, that uh, they've invested so much here that there is that they are working on certain bridges, certain corners, but there is not really the the. Uh, the in-depth and the commitment to you know, to what four-laning the Trans-Canada really means. The Kicking Horse project, as outlined in the plan, um, the budget for the last four kilometers was upped from four hundred million to about six hundred and fifty million on the high-range estimate, which, by coincidence, is, is also the commitment. Um, uh, that the 10-year commitment that was made by Premier Christy Clark in 2012 at the UBCM conference, uh, $650 million over 10 years towards four-laning. However, um, as everyone knows, uh, four-laning from Kamloops to the Alberta border is going to cost a lot more than that, and that is typically the main hurdle. How much is it going to cost? We don't know. 
We simply don't know. And that's one of the things that uh, I'm hoping to get from the minister. Uh, I'm out here for a number of reasons. One is to actually just see it myself, to understand the issues, understand both the social and the economic issues. I think they're inextricably linked. Um, but to, to look at that and then to go back to Victoria and ask the minister very directly, you know, where... How much is this going to cost? What plans do you have? I mean, we've seen just outside Kamloops, there is uh, you know, quite a lot of rapid work happening. It, 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 there is sections being four-laned. But the, the most dangerous parts are not. $600 million is a drop in the ocean for any major infrastructure project. I mean, it really is. It's, it's uh, frightening for people to think about this. But the Portman Bridge, which when you look at it in its totality, is 30 plus kilometers of interchanges and highway uh, and a, a, a wide 10, 10 lane, eight, lane, eight to 10 lane bridge, has cost $3.9 billion and is growing. So the money is just, and that's just for a 35-kilometer easy road. Be, be honest, it's you know we already had a highway one there. It's not bla major blasting. It's uh, not going into very difficult, tricky situations, and that was over three billion dollars. The other main commitments the government is making is to replace the Massey Tunnel with a bridge. Again, it's going to be an eight to ten lane bridge. We haven't seen the details, but we know that that the government is going to start work on that in 2017. They made that very clear. And the final thing that they, they are investing money in is again in the Lower Mainland, which is um, six to eight laning uh, from Abbotsford up to towards the Portman again. So these are areas obviously with high traffic flows, but there the government has got a time frame and a cost commitment, and they don't have it for this, which is a vital part of the provincial infrastructure. So in, in the upcoming budget sessions, what are you hoping to push for? What would you like to hear about as it relates to um, transportation infrastructure in the Revelstoke area? Well, there are, there are a number of things I'm hoping for. One is, as I say, I, I'd like some, some basic accountability of this is how much it's going to cost and this is when we're going to do it. Uh, even if it's saying we, we're not going to do it for another 10 years, at least people would know. Because the other thing that I'm going to be asking for is what uh, interim measures are there? What plans are there for fixing things in the short term, for ensuring that uh, the, we can widen some sections, some lanes, put in s some more passing lanes in certain areas, if that can be done, where we can be ensuring something as simple as line painting is done regularly enough that you're not driving blind. I mean, I drove it in very good weather on a sunny day uh, and I couldn't see the lines. I would not want to be driving that road in the dark, in the snow, in the rain, because you just don't know where you are. Uh, and that's dangerous. So short term, let's get certain things fixed, but give people an honest long term answer. And thirdly, is, is that this is an opportunity for a government to show some real vision. I mean, this is a major infrastructure project. It's uh, it shouldn't be a political issue. It should be something that a government re really wants to uh, champion. L like, the, like there's the championing of the Site C Dam, this is something that will be so integral for the continued growth of our economy, both here in BC and for, for the whole of Canada. We rely immensely on the transport of goods through the Trans-Canada Corridor. Our rail lines are full. Delta Port is growing. The Port of Metro Vancouver is one of the biggest ports on the West Coast. We need to make sure that goods can get to that port for our own economy and for the whole of Canada's economy. You identified highway maintenance issues as being cons concern. You were talking about the, 
the, the lines on the road not being clear, even on a blue sky day like today. Um, are there any systemic changes in maintenance regimes that you're interested in advancing? Well, I think one of the things that I will be asking the minister is uh, some whether there is any plan for some sort of uh, coordination between the parks, uh, highways people and uh, the provincial highways people. Because you know, if you've got two different contracts there, there doesn't seem to be some. There seems to be a lack of coordination. You're going through certain parts of the park; it's fantastic. Other parts of the main highway, it's not great. So a bit more coordination there. Uh, I, I think that um, the line paint. The government has got to address the line painting budget. We keep hearing it's all—it's an environmental issue. We need to have better paint for environmental concerns. Well, then if we've got better paint for environmental concerns, get out there and do it more often. Um, the the uh, maintenance is really... its I think it's in certain sections of the road, it's more than just patching. I mean, you do need to rebuild certain sections of that road. There is no question that it's really, um, it's a very rough road. I, I've traveled it uh, a number of years ago and was shocked about how how it has deteriorated in, in those years. It really is, it's a heavily used road that needs the fix. And uh, the government, is, while it, it ostensibly is championing it by saying we we will sometimes fall we will sometime fall in it uh in reality there is no i mean there is no substance behind that and we do need that substance you touched on um for example communications issue between the federal section of the highway um for example up in here in, in parks as well as the provincial sections um Drive BC has been one of the ministry successes over the past decade in that in the middle of the winter you can get some information about what, what it's like and whether whether or not to go out there. The plan does identify um, bolstering that system and improving um, response times to highway closures. We have big um, closures in the winter time. They can last seven or eight hours, uh, especially if it's a fatal incident or a really serious incident. Um, my question is, what parts of the plan do you think works well? What initiatives do you think are, are going well? And how would you like them to be rolled out uh, in a way that would be beneficial to everyone? Uh, well, I, I think um, anybody who drives a lot, and I obviously drive a lot, thinks that Drive BC is a, a great addition. There's no question; it's it's really handy to have. I got it as an app, and you know, I love the webcams. Uh, that doesn't really feel the need of ensuring that there are uh, there is quick reaction to incidents and that is from what I'm hearing from people that's also not just a matter of uh, the maintenance crews but making sure there are people in place so the, the the people who have to come out and check not just that you've got to have the coroner on hand able to come out uh, you've got to have the the other road people able to come out and from what I'm hearing many of them are based in Kelowna we need to have more people locally based who can come and do the work that they need to assess that the road can be open uh, the the best thing would be that we're not dealing with fatalities I mean to be honest we need to get the road uh, we need to get safety as the number one um, driver literally and that it also includes making sure that people are driving safely that there is responsible driving both from individuals those who are driving in sedans and trucks and everything else as well as the truck drivers to make sure that they are they know the 
what it's like to drive in mountainous terrain that they know and this is again things that I've been hearing from people and I am going to talk to the trucking association about this uh, the whole question of you know the chain ups for trucks the uh, the skill of the many of the truck drivers coming through the time pressures many of the truck drivers are under in trying to get from A to B because they're working on a very limited clock. So I think that there there are a lot of things that can be done in the interim which will improve safety. Uh, there are some suggestions that I've had to amend the Motor Vehicle Act on uh, on things like chain up and uh, truck tr truck driver training, uh, which are things that we c we can consider, and I, I would hope that the minister will consider as well. Are, do you have any specific initiatives? <coughs> sorry, for example on truck driver training that you would like to see happen. One of the comments that we often hear is there's a percentage of drivers who are really aggressive. Uh, in terms of bad driving, you got to spread the blame around to everyone. There, there's bad drivers no matter what kind of vehicle they're driving. Are, is there anything in particular that uh, you would like to see that would would help, for example, aggressive driving or the driver who ends up in the ditch and jumps out in a t-shirt and running shoes uh, with 30 centimeters uh, snow coming down, that kind of thing? So. Well, I mean, you, you can never legislate for idiots. Uh, to be honest, there, there are always going to be bad drivers, whether they are drivers of uh, you know, family vehicles or whether they're drivers of sports cars or whether they're drivers of trucks. You're always going to get bad drivers. Um, you're going to get people who always overdrive. And uh, there has been an increase in the speed limit, which means that people are also driving faster. They feel that that gives them the ability or the, the mandate at 100 that they can now go at 110. And they don't look at the road conditions. You've you have, unfortunately, problems of bad drivers. Um, but there are things you can do. One is is ensure um, that there are that drivers do have proper snow tires. Uh, that is one a matter of changing the Motor Vehicle Act for that piece. Uh, secondly, it's that having. And sorry, just to cut in there, in the new transportation plan, there is um, a directive that will clarify the markings on to make it more clear as to what is and isn't a winter tire and what is suitable. It d does the plan as it's uh, um, outlined go far enough for you? I would say it doesn't uh, because people can drive with the MNS and uh, tire, which is sort of the all-weather tire. Uh, under this plan, they can use that in winter. They can have the choice of using that or the snow mountain snowflake. Obviously, uh, it if they are on in bad condition going through a pass, you are hoping they have the snowflake, um, but it, they don't have to. The boards say that they can have one or the other. The RCMP uh, can pull people over if they have the wrong tires. When I've asked the minister about it, he says, um, effectively, it doesn't really matter as long as you've got the, the, you know, even if you have a winter tire and you don't have the uh, the depth that you need, uh, it's not going to help you at all, which we all know. But there, I, I think that there is still a lack of clarity that people will still be able to drive on the uh, all season tires in bad weather. But there is the problem then, we don't have, we don't have the enforcement, there aren't the RCMP on the road, uh, nor is the, going back to the truck issue, there isn't the commercial vehicle enforcement on the road to ensure that they're driving properly. For trucks who go back to training, it's not just aggressive driving. There is, truck driving used to be a career and now it has become much more for many people just a job. So you aren't getting the people who are trained truck drivers. You're not getting the people who are getting that experienced truck driving. And then adding on to that, you don't get the people who experienced winter truck driving through the mountains. 
I mean, it's it's a highly complex and uh, highly skilled job to be doing, uh, and people are not ne- pe- the people behind the wheel are not necessarily skilled in that. So, where do do, do, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. You. So, are you saying we need a, a like a ticket, like they 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 get their mountain uh, mountain pass winter ticket or something like that? So, something something that uh, you know maybe an incentive for the trucking companies, whether it's you know you're going to get a better deal on insurance or something like that, if you can prove that your crew are all ticketed for mountain mountain winter driving. I mean, you know, to let, let's look around the ideas, and that's why I'm looking forward after this experience to, to talk to the Trucking Association and see what they've been thinking about. I know that they're very concerned about the fact of, uh, you know, the the basically the, the number of people who are trained truck drivers and how limited that is, so that we can get uh, people who are who have that skill and can drive these roads safely. You're never going to get everybody. I mean, you've got people who are coming from, you know, if they're coming from Saskatchewan or they're coming in from um, Ontario and, you know, they don't have mountains like this. You know, it's, they may never do this route again. Um, so it, you, you're never going to catch everybody. You're never going to make sure that the road is safe for everyone. But we can do, uh, we can do much better than we are doing. And I want to ask uh, one last question. It's a two-part question. Um, last summer, um, speed limits were increased on the highways in BC, on a number of highways in BC, including around Revelstoke. Um, what do you think of those increases? And, and the second part of that question is, at the same time, there was a commitment to roll out um, uh, variable speed zones um the idea being that when weather was inclement or traffic was bad there would be a digital sign that would reduce the speed limit that didn't happen um in the new plan it talks about those speed signs and in in subsequent conversation uh, subsequent interview with the minister of transportation todd stone he has said in 20 this year there will be a 10 to 15 kilometer section west of revelstoke so between here and sycamus um, that will trial the system so what do you think of the new speed limits and uh, what's your opinion on the uh, variable speed signs in certain areas, the new speed limits are just fine. In you know, clear highways where the road is, is in good condition, sure, you, you increase the speed limit. I, I live in an area where it's gone up to 120. Um, you now see people going at 130. Uh, it, it drives the speed limit. People always see it as giving them license to go 10 kilometers faster. We all know that they shouldn't, uh, but that's what it does. I um, see the speed limit here at 100. I'm, I'm surprised it's 100 on because of the state of the road, um, uh, because that will also drive people to go to 110. And we know that, again, a lot of people will see, do, drive that speed, uh, good weather or bad. So I have some concern about that. I have heard in different parts of the province, not necessarily here, here in just talking to one or two people, but I have had in some areas of the province, people are coming to me saying, we wish our speed limit was reduced rather than increased. So there, there, this is being challenged. And again, I'm going to raise with the minister this issue. Uh, the variable speed limit is a great idea, uh, a great way of controlling traffic speed. It works in many other jurisdictions. I was very disappointed that it didn't come out this year because the minister did indicate when the speed limit went up that it would come in about the same time I think that we don't even need we don't need to have it as uh, trials in just the area um, just beyond Sycamus where they're, repla- where they're repairing the bridge at the moment we need to have it um, right across the right across the um, areas where the speed limit has increased it's not it can't be hard to install if we've already got the flashing the overhead lights uh, warning uh, and highway ex- 
highway information signs, uh, you can use that. We've seen them, they're used right across um, Europe as a way to maintain and, and uh, deal with traffic flow. It is a really, really effective way of getting people to slow down. So I, I think that um, just let's have more of them and let's use them sensibly. Claire Trevena is the opposition critic for the Ministry of Transportation and Infrastructure portfolio. She's uh, visiting uh, Revelstoke today. Thank you very much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much, Aaron.